Welcome to UIA Podcast, where our members and member firms address important legal issues of the day. We hope you will enjoy today's edition. Thank you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the second UIA podcast. And I am delighted today to welcome um, Aparna Vishwanathan, um, who is a UIA counsellor and who next week will be running a UIA webinar on digital transformation, what lawyers must think about smart contracts, digital services and blockchain. Um, that's going to be running on the 2nd and 3rd of March remotely um, and we'll give you all the details of how you can sign up to that webinar later on. But before we get started talking about that, I just wanted to give you a brief introduction into Aparna. Aparna received her Bachelor of Arts degree from Harvard University and her Juris Doctor from the University of Michigan Law School. She is called the bar in England, um, as well as in New York, Washington DC, California and India. She is fluent in French, Spanish and Italian and advises clients in all of these three languages. After practicing law in large law firms in the US, she founded Vishwanathan and Co Associates, a law firm based in New Delhi. Um, she is a general corporate lawyer and she has been working in infrastructure and inbound investments into India um, and also has a subspecialism which is relevant for today's podcast in technology law. She has been writing in this area for 20 years. She has two books published on this area of law. Her next book um, is going to be on this topic and for 20 years she sat on the technology committee of the IBA. So welcome to the podcast Aparna. Thank you so much, Rachel. It's a pleasure to be speaking with you today. Um, and we are recording this podcast again by Zoom. Um, and at the moment, upon I understand that you are in Spain. Is that right? Great. Great. Madrid. <laughs> um, so I just wonder if you could start just telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, what attracted you to law? How did you end up becoming a lawyer? I, you know, I, I grew up in the United States. Of course, I'm originally from India. I grew up first in the UK and the United States. And, you know, I think, well, I mean, when when uh, growing up and during the time of the, of the Bhopal case, I mean, I was very much affected by that. And I did feel, you know, with the skills that the legal profession gives you that I could do something for India, for the children of the world. And, you know, that feeling has always remained with me. And, you know, I am hoping that one day, um, you know, through the use of legal skills that, um, you know, I can do something for the children of the world, frankly, mm. it still remains with me. Yeah, that's a, a laudable aim, which so many lawyers will um, be able to associate with that they felt the same way being attracted to this area of work. And in terms of technology law, this has clearly become a sort of a passion of specialism for you. you've written about it extensively. How did you become interested in that? Why? Why? What's the attraction? Back 20 years now, I mean, 21 years, it was the year 2000. And I remember, you know, digital signatures were coming out and, you know, it was all about, you know, encryption. And I said, oh, my God, you know, if I don't read up about this, I'll be lost. I mean, it's a whole new language and um, the whole thing is going to change. The profession is going to change. And I, I really need to, you know, read up about this. I mean, that's that's how I felt, you know, with the ABA guidelines were coming out and uh, um, you know you had the UN guideline you know there was, it was a it was a brand new field and that's why I, that's why I started looking at it then real, 
purely from an intellectual uh, pursuit. And then prior to that, actually, I think the first time I ever spoke on this area was in 1989 at the, um, it was a conference in New York on Software India. So really my, my, my interest in this went back to then when I was looking at the, the whole area of, you know, um, of the software development and the whole history of, uh, of, of these, the software industry in India prior to Y2K. So it's really been a long time I've been, I've been looking at this industry and somewhat fascinated by it. Yeah, amazing. And as I said, you've published two books in this area. You have another one coming out. What have been the focuses yeah. of, of those publications? Well, see, the first book um, was, was you know, one outsourcing to India. It was cross-border legal issues. And because sitting as an, as an Indian lawyer, then that book came out in 2008. And I really felt, you know, as an Indian lawyer, I mean, what, you know, how could I use my skills in India to answer the questions of my American colleagues? Because I'm no longer practicing in America um, back then in 2008, I was still tra- you know, traveling back and forth. I had my office in the UK. I, I was already qualified as, a, um, as an English barrister, but I said, you know, how can I, you know, sit in, the, in India and, and answer those questions on, um, you know, across border issues that would be of use to the international councils who are really running the deals. So, you know, if, if uh, by and large it focused on, on, on those issues and it was very contract, contract based and, and looked at Indian law, where it would be relevant to the deals. Great. And then your next book? Second, you know, the second book on cyber law, you know, I think all my books, you know, they've started with, and and my book chapters also in India, I think it was because at Harvard I did political science. They've all been grounded in the, what was happening in India, I mean, in the world at that time. And, And I was very fascinated by really the cyber wars. I mean, I looked at it, it was almost like the third war. It looked at the, you know, the cyber war, what happened in Georgia, what happened to Estonia. I mean, I went to the you know, Tech Law Conference in Estonia and I was so blown away. We just came out of the airport. I mean, and there was free Wi-Fi everywhere. And I was like, oh my God, this is the future, you know? I mean, I had an office in Bangalore. I mean, you didn't come out of the airport in Bangalore and there was free Wi-Fi. I'm like, Estonia, white nights and everything. And um, and then, you know, you, you heard about, you the, the whole shadows in the cloud and the whole and what was happening with um, cyber warfare in India. So it was set into in that context and looked at cyber security and you know it was very much you know security focused but as well a lot of focus on the on the Information Technology Act in India and looking at the developments of course data protection and we spent a good you know 10 years I think a lot of councils in Europe and India looking at you know adequate effective protection of data. So, you know, all those all those legal issues, which then, you know, post the focus on signatures and the execution of contracts that that came up in development of technology law over the last two decades. Mm. And what are you able to tell us about the book that's coming out? What's where, where have you gone now? Working, you know, on the table of contents and um, definitely, um, I mean, the first focus will be on um you know, on contracts, because it's it's really fascinating. And that's, it's, it's also the first session. That's why I made it um, the the topic of the first session, because it's it's all about contracts and it's the heart of digital transformation also. that That's what I want to con- also convey to the, you know, to the lawyers that that's what's so exciting about this webinar, that, you know, we think, okay, of course, technology is the basis of this, but contracts is sitting actually at the heart of it, because that, that touches the entire part of the business enterprise. And unless the contracts are, connected and everybody's on the same platform, you're not going to be able to transform the entire enterprise. So the lawyers are running it. And then we have this fascinating thing, not only, you know, transforming the contract digitally, but the, the contracts themselves are going to be connected. They're going to be connected to things or to the internet of things. And 
real real time data is then going to be fed into these contracts so then we're going to see how they're going to be enforced and um and and what's and how parties are actually carrying out their contractual obligations so it goes beyond just the point of signature of those contracts so it's absolutely fascinating i mean the the, the concept of smart contract i mean it's contracts like we've never ever seen it before and i think what i was thinking the year 2000 is actually happening now mm. that you know they, they may not need us anymore actually <laughs> for job contracts we may be out of a job so, like hello you don't you don't they don't need us anymore bye <laughs> no it's not that but it's, it's much more fascinating yeah, I mean, it does. It sounds absolutely fascinating. And we're going to go on, as I say, and sort of talk specifically about the webinar and what it's going to cover and, and you know, why it's why it's coming out now and why why the UIA and you um, thought that it was important. But before we did, I just wanted to ask about your involvement with the UIA. You know, what what prompted you to join? Why did that feel like the right decision for you? Oh. I, I, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, I have been, you know, involved for a very long time with the with the IBA and enjoyed that tremendously. Especially, you know, as I was, you know, I've been in India for all these years and then traveled to a lot of the conferences and, um, you know, got got involved you know, a lot with the technology committee. I'm also enjoying now the UIA because, um, you know, I think there are, are many more, you know, smaller firms. Also, it's not just the the very large firms, if I may say so, and. Uh, and I think it's and it's very um, it, it's very European focused. And I have worked a lot with European companies. I speak four European languages. I'm you know going to I travel a lot between particularly now since the pandemic between um, Madrid and New Delhi. Um, and so it's you know it, it is it's an it's another home for me. It's it's a European base, yeah. frankly. So uh, I feel very comfortable with it. And in the first podcast we did, um, uh, Jerry Roth and Jorge Marti, the the previous president and the current president of the UIA, were talking about really the um, network and the resources um, that are available, the mentorship that's available to young people. And, you know, that they're really trying to kind of make the UIA much more attractive to younger lawyers. And I wondered if you felt that that was something you'd experienced having the the access to lawyers all across the world that network and how that can really assist an international practice now i'm at the stage of the game where you know i'm trying to you know connect to all other lawyers and be as you know inclusive as possible you know whether they're indian or they're not indian you know i you know i feel that's that's very very important and i think i i have you know to need to be a mentor and be as inclusive as possible, whether they're women or they're not women. And that, you know, I feel that's, that's something that informs, you know, everything I do. And, and yes, it's like, as lawyers, we do have to reinvent ourselves now because post pandemic and everything, everything is absolutely changing. And, you know, it's what I thought in the year 2000s, what I think now, uh, and it, it, the entire thing has changed. The profession has changed. I and mean, even the profession of corporate law has changed. Mm. And, you know, we need to be aware of that. I mean, whether we're, you know, 25 years down in the profession or, you know, starting out, and it's, it's a very important message even for the younger people, because, I mean, the, the whole practice of corporate law, after all, it's a construct. I mean, you know, I came out of law school, you have to go work on Wall Street, but it's actually a construct. It's, we are not, you know, just, I mean, I do also do, um, I also go to court, and, you know, I also defend clients in arbitrations. I never, I didn't grow up with a divided bar. 
I mean, I'm an American lawyer, but even American lawyers don't do both, but I, I always did both. I did litigation and corporate work. But the corporate work was really a construct created by the, you know, the basically the Anglo-American lawyers. And that whole construct is changing because of technology. So I think we need to understand it as more senior people in the profession and, and definitely share the message with, with the younger people who it's going to really affect. Yeah. Amazing. Well, look, so let's go on and talk about the webinar itself. Now, as listeners will know, I am a family lawyer. So I am right now completely outside of my comfort zone. So what I'd love you to do is just for those listening for whom digital transformation, smart contracts, digital service and blockchain, why would they come to this webinar? Why is it important? What is it? What is it all about? is really important for lawyers who are in any area of practice because contracts, I mean, inform, as I was trying to say earlier, it's so critical to digital transformation because digital transformation affects everything that a company does. It, it affects the value proposition of a company. So it affects the value proposition of a company. It affects the value proposition of what everybody does because everybody needs contracts. Everything is, it's, it's the written word, depending, no matter if you're a family lawyer or any type of lawyer that, that you are um so it's the you know it's the basic building blocks of of, of agreements and and that itself is being transformed by the by the technology that we're hearing about every day and i know you know there's a lot of hype right now um you know about blockchain and that um you know my colleague adrian knight who's moderating the third session it's gonna be a very fascinating session you know there are lawyers very seasoned lawyers from very you know from major banks um but a lot of experience we're going to answer fascinating questions um you know about about this area um and but but this whole technology about you know blockchain also it's you know it's it's also very relevant to contracts it may not you know the whole issue of bitcoin is going to be the next currency is slightly different but it's it's very relevant to to contracts and and how you know contracts are being completely transformed from the way we know them today and and it's not just about you know okay we're going to put them in the in the cloud and you know how we're going to manage um the different versions of them and we're going to store the data differently it's not that it's not even they're not even being you know going to be created by humans anymore really mm. you know there's there it's 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 different it's code and the way you know how when it's going to be determined whether the parties have actually executed them you know, you're, well, for sure, we're not going to have litigation over breach of contract, which is a good thing also. But that is, it's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to change. Not only, okay, we have digital signatures. What I was worried about then was, was nothing compared to what's going to happen now. So, you know, it's, it's our basic instruments and people, every lawyer needs to know about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why we have this as the title of the, of the webinar. And, and I'm trying to focus on a way so that we can all understand it. I mean, I, you know, I certainly don't, you know, from the technological part of the view, obviously, I mean, I, I'm also trying to understand this is something, you know, brand new. So it's, it's the idea so that we can, you know, make the audience who are lawyers and we have a, you know, a technical person who's the head of, um, the head of uh, blockchain at, um, at Minsafe, which is Spain's, you know, leading digital transformation company who's on the panel. So he's going to be the technical person that we will look to to, to tell us as the lawyers in the audience, look, how, how does this actually work? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it does. I mean, it seems to kind of, I mean, I guess that's why it's happening over two days. You've got three sessions because you're looking to yeah. kind of really 
map out, you know, looking at the, the recent technological advances in artificial intelligence, in Internet of Things, IoT, big data, blockchain, which you've mentioned, data analytics, and how those have enabled global tech majors to harness the data com- obtained in data processing to deliver actionable business insights. And so you're really looking to look at the entire process of digital transformation and how that can change the value proposition of what you can offer global clients. Um, so, I mean, it's it's really taking a, a huge world and trying to kind of bring that to life for the lawyers working in this area, as far as I can tell. We're not going to go I mean, that much in depth about the entire technology because that's obviously too much. I mean, we're, we're going to focus particularly on small, uh, on smart contracts, on the on the digital contract transformation process, you know, on the on the DCX process, and you know, we're, that's why we're looking more about you know the contract part of digital transformation, how that's central to digital transformation, what we mean about digital contract transformation, and what do we mean about smart contracts. So that's in session one. That's the part of digital transformation we're talking about. But otherwise, it's you know, it's obviously too vast a topic to get into, you know, in the in the in the 90 minutes that we have. And it's not, frankly, for the lawyer's audience, it's, it's not it's not that useful. I mean, that's not really what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, it's more tools that, the, that lawyers can take away with that. Amazing. So that's the first session looking at that. And then you've got second session looking more at digital services, the digital platform economy stuff. Is that right? What what's what's that one all about? It's also a very, very timely topic because um, the whole Digital Services Act, the package as it's referred to, Digital Markets Act, I mean, that came out in December, um, 31st December of 2020. And that is really looking at, you know, how are we going to regulate? I mean, because that, that's the new impetus of the whole intermediaries. And it's a very, very timely talk, topic. And the EU is looking at how are we going to regulate the intermediaries, the gatekeepers of these platforms. And it's, this is a much more, session two is much more strictly legal, um, a legal issue looking at, um, looking at, first of all, um, the ownership of data. I mean, I, I, you can refer to it as an intellectual property rights issue or a data ownership issue. Because there's a lot of new data that's going to be generated by all these new technologies, okay? And earlier, it may not have been so important because it was what I called the, you know, the back office processing. It was what we did in the outsourcing era. Okay, that was like kind of cost cutting and it was back office stuff. And now it's front office processing because because the, the it's about digital transformation. It's about ch- it's about changing the value proposition of the company itself. So these new digital um, products are very important. It's the value, it's the raison d'etre, it's the value proposition of the company itself. So ownership of that stuff is really important. So who's gonna decide that? I mean, these are very, very important issues and it puts IPR now, you know, center stage. Um, So it's, you know, it's that issue and also the issue of these platforms that we have, I mean, and what about you know competition issues? I mean, who, who's owning these all these you know digital platforms? So you know that's another major issue. And then the whole role of the intermediaries, because we saw that you know, we saw that in the American elections. And, you know how are they going to be you know um, regulated? You know the gatekeepers and you know the takedown issues. So I mean the EU has come up with new you know EU wide rules. So the speakers are going to you know look at that, and we've got you know one. 
um, an Indian speaker. Of course, Indian law has you know, um, been quite developed in this issue. And you know, then we have a comparative view with one Indian speaker. And then we're going to have specialists from Uriam and Indus who are looking at the, the competition angle, who are looking also at the data ownership angle. And um, another specialist from Italian law firm who's also focusing on this area. So this is strictly, I mean, more of a you know a cutting edge legal issue in mm. session two. I mean, it does sound really, really cutting edge. I mean, fascinating for anyone who's interested. And then you've got a third session yeah. on the third of March, um, and that one, as I understand it, is looking more specifically at blockchain. Is that right? Sort of a more focused session on that. Um, Yes and no. I mean, it's AI and blockchain. Yes, but you know how it's really being applied um, and how it's to be used to transform. I mean, the insurance sector and the financial services sector. So fintech and insurtech, and you know, it's not just focusing on blockchain, but also other technologies and and using. You know, where we uh, I've got we're lucky to have speakers who are using it in their in their daily professional lives. I mean, they're working as lawyers, you know, in banks. And we were looking at the area and looking at the whole issue of how, um, how you know, banks are using this sort of technology to completely revolutionize the, you know, the flow of money and, you know, settlement of transactions and their everyday, you know, financial transactions and how these technologies could be used to, um, used to, you know, used to resolve um, you know, a financial crisis. Like, mm. could they have been used, you know, in 2008 to, you know, to resolve the crisis differently and the crisis that, you know, countries find them in today? Could they be, could they be used to help us? So, you know, these are, you know, absolutely fascinating topics that um, session three will be looking at. Yeah, they sound fascinating. And this is the session where you have Adrian Knight, who you mentioned earlier, who's coming to moderate the That's session. Right. Um, That's, that's right. And we have Ashu Thakur on, who's moderating session two. Amazing. Um, well, I think, you know, I mean, it, it really, it sounds absolutely brilliant. And for anyone who is interested, um, you can register online, you can go onto the website, it's www.uianet, what's all one word, dot org. If you're a UIA member, it's just 60 euros. If you're not a member, then for all three sessions, it's 100 euros. So it's still an absolute bargain for what you're going to get and the insight that you're going to get. The working language for this particular webinar will be English. Um, and um, if you do have any questions, then you can email uiacenter at uianet.org um, and ask any questions that you might have. Um, Aparna, before we finish this um, podcast, I just wondered if there was anything else you wanted to add, anything else you want to say about um, why you are really excited about this webinar coming up next week? I'm very excited about this, about this webinar because, uh, you know, as I mentioned, it's um, a completely brand new area of the law. You know, it's really, you know, uncharted area. It's, it's you know, uh, cutting edge legal issues. It's an area where, you know, I'm trying to, um, you know, you know, to come up with a table of, of contents for a book, we would be looking at, I, I can't even focus on a particular jurisdiction because the law is not there in different countries. You know, it's, it's almost concept by concept and looking at the countries where they, they may have, you know, developed some legal concepts on, on the particular topic. So I think, you know, especially for young lawyers, it's a, it's a great area to focus on and I welcome everyone to join us.
Yeah, and I suppose it's really one of those areas where an organisation with an international catchment area, if I can put it that way, you know, really yeah. can take a lead because, you know, the digital yeah. world does not does not abide by land borders um, in the way that other things do. It, it sort of crosses over and then you have to look at where those different jurisdictions meet and, and where conflicts lie between different jurisdictional areas within the digital world. Yeah, that's it. And here we have a very international, our organizing committee is Indian. So we are you know, bringing to bear with a lot of our, uh, I mean, the companies which are really taking the lead in digital transformation, of course, are the, you know, the big five Indian, you know, outsourcing companies who have been doing this for a good 20 years. So we have a lot of Indian flavor here, plus we have the European expertise, uh, you know, because of all the, you know, the startups that are happening, whether they're in Spain or Germany or elsewhere. So yes, it's very, it's very international oriented. And not limited to focusing only on Silicon Valley or Barcelona or Bangalore. Everyone is now getting involved. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, I hope that everyone who signs up enjoys it immensely. I wish you all the best of luck, all the speakers the best of luck. I'm sure you're going to have a brilliant time and make the very most of it, albeit it's all going to be remote. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah, thank you so much, Aparna, for coming on the podcast. It's been amazing. Thank you to all the listeners for listening in. And uh, we'll see you next week on the third pod.